Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now we've taken a pause in the book of Matthew for a couple of Christmas messages. Here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching called Christmas Consolation. He is the Lamb of God who does what? Takes away the sin of the world. She may not have fully realized it at that moment. They couldn't afford it, so they did the secondary offering for the poor, but in her arms was her lamb. She was holding in her arms the one who would cleanse Mary from her sins. And Some people, when I say something like that, they go, what are you talking about? I thought Mary was, was pure, born without the stain of original sin. That's not true. Mary needed a savior. Luke 147, in Mary's Magnificat, she says, I rejoice in God my Savior. And this is another argument. Just think about it with me. Why does she have to go through this process of atonement being made for her unless she was a sinner? Just think about it for a second. That's why she goes there. Because she needed the cleansing for all humans. Mary was counted among the human race, just like any other woman who would have a child. Now, Mary was very special. She was highly regarded among women. She was blessed, but she was still human, and she still needed a Savior, and her lamb was in her arms. I think it's just a remarkable uh, testimony to God's goodness that he uses people like us to get his message out. Mary's ultimate purification would not come from this ceremony. Incredibly, it would come from her own son's blood. The fact that she offered this sin offering shows again her need for a savior. The Bible says the purification from sin cannot come from the blood of bulls and goats. It must come from the Son of God. And that's what would happen for her and has happened for us. All of a sudden, in this particular setting, the camera pans, if you will, Luke 2.25, and it says, Behold, take a look. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. His name means the Lord hears. This man was righteous and devout. He was looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. So the camera pans now to this man named Simeon. Notice, he's a righteous man. He's devout. Are you devout? There's people that seem to be in two extremes in the Christian walk that I've experienced. You either are devout or you live in doubt. Sometimes it's how people view you. Sometimes people doubt the authenticity of your walk and they go, that person's a Christian? But there are people who are devout. What is a devout? You know, sometimes we say that person is really religious. (laughs) Have you heard that before? That means they're serious about their faith. There's not many of them out there. So, you know, when you meet one, that's, that's how people respond. They're really religious. And, and that's usually not spoken of in glowing terms. Have you noticed? It's not usually, that guy's really religious. Isn't that refreshing? No, it's, he's really religious. You know, like at Christmas parties, he wants to talk about Jesus. Can you believe it? Really? Religious? Yeah. I hope that's what they say about us. I met a guy one time outside a racquetball court. I was witnessing to him, and he goes, I'm not very religious. And I said, neither am I. 
And he went, what? You just told me you're a pastor. And I said, well, let me explain. There's, there's a definition of religion that's good, pure and undefiled religion. Of course, we know that. But I'm not concerned about ritual. I'm concerned about a relationship. And I went in on to talk to, to the guy about a relationship. Simeon and Anna, two people who are mentioned here in Luke's account, we'll touch on Anna at the very end. Two people expectantly waiting, living in the light of the promise. They were living in the light of the promise of the first coming, and you and I, you might not put yourself in this category, but you need to know that this is how you are living right now. You're living in the light of his arrival, of the second advent, amen? Are you? Are you? Are you living in the light of his return? Do you believe he's coming again? See, what made Simeon and Anna unique is they actually believed the Bible. They actually believed God's word. And so they, they wanted to see the promise come to pass. Psalm 119, verse 82 says, My eyes fail with longing for thy word while I say, When wilt thou comfort me? Seven times a day I praise thee because of thy righteous ordinances. Psalm 119, 64 through 66. Those who love thy law have great peace. Nothing causes them to stumble. I hope for thy salvation, O Lord, and do thy commandments. Psalm 119, 174 says, I long for thy salvation, O Lord. Thy law is my delight. Here's two people just waiting. Simeon's name, interestingly enough, can be rendered hearkening. It comes from the idea of Simeon from Shema, to hear, to have your ear open to the Spirit. Hear, O Israel. Here's the Hebrew Shema. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It had been revealed, verse 26, to him by the Holy Spirit. Folks, the Holy Spirit was still moving before the day of Pentecost. Acts 2 is moving in the life of Simeon here. You're going to notice the Spirit's mentioned several times. It had been revealed to him by the Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He had a promise. He was living in the light of that promise. The Lord has heard. He's given heed to my cry. Save your people, Lord. Not just save us from Rome. Save us from ourselves. Save us from our sin. Turn us back to you. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, verse 26 or 27. That's the temple complex. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus, so here come Mary and Joseph. They're both pretty young, newborn baby, right? To carry out for him the custom of the law. So he's about at least 41 days old. The phrase in the Spirit is the third mention of the Spirit to my count. And uh, here comes Simeon again. He comes in the Spirit. He's been told by the Spirit. This is how you do the Christian life, you guys. You walk by the Spirit. Some of us hear that as Christians and we're like, what does that mean? It sounds like ethereal. It sounds like, like, like different. Have you met somebody recently who's living by the Spirit? You notice a difference in them? Have you ever noticed a difference between when you are, you are living in the Spirit or by the Spirit and when you're not? Have you ever noticed it change in a matter of 10 minutes? It can, right? We're to be kept being filled with the Spirit. And Simeon is a man filled with the Spirit because his ears are open to the things of God. Look, I have found in my life that I'm filled with the Spirit when my ears are taking in the Word of God. My eyes are focused on the person of Christ. 
It's not, you know, maybe as mystical as we might think. It's being filled with the Spirit is obviously a supernatural work of God, but the things that the Spirit fills are the things that cause you to be filled by the Spirit. Here's simply how I look at it. The things that the Spirit fills are worship, the Word of God, good times of fellowship, uh, praise, even sharing your faith where God meets you to be emboldened in a moment. I often feel this in the pulpit. I often feel like the Lord meets me in the pulpit. And there's times when I feel like I could fly up here um, because the Lord just meets me to accomplish his work. And so here he is, probably in the court of the women, Mary and Joseph walking up to obey the law, and he took him, Jesus 28, into his arms and blessed God. The way you bless God, and this is all over the Bible, is, it's, it's the idea of worshiping him. You, you don't say, God bless you to God. You know, like, I want to give a blessing. <laughs> you can't really impart anything to God, but when you bless God, it's like you're praising his name. And he blessed God and he said, Now, Lord, thou dost let thy bondservant depart in peace. I can now leave in shalom according to thy word, for my eyes have seen thy salvation. Simeon took the baby from Mary. He was overwhelmed. Can you imagine this moment? He had been promised that he was going to see the Messiah before he died. And he was now experiencing that moment. He was looking into the eyes of his salvation. Interestingly enough, the baby's name was Jesus, named that day, Yahweh is salvation. And he says, my eyes have seen thy salvation. With the realization that he was holding in his arms the hope, the long-awaited hope of the world, he was holding his salvation in his hands. Now he says, I can die in peace, I've seen the Savior. Just as Simeon took Jesus to his heart, if you will, So let us take the promises of Christmas consolation and all the promises of God and salvation to refresh our hearts. The Latin Vulgate calls this the nunc dimittis. You can now dismiss from the Latin Vulgate translation. I can now depart in peace. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is what? Gain. For to depart and be with Christ. Death for the Christian is simply a departure. And that's what Simeon knew. It must have been tough for him to let that baby go. I don't know how long he held the baby. I don't know how long they had a stare-off. Have you ever had a stare-off with a little baby? It's a pretty cool thing. You just stare at him and make funny noises. It's a pretty cool thing. Keep them kind of far from you because they drool. They, there's like a faucet running in little babies. Have you noticed that? They have those drool claws. Parents think it's normal. We're like... Get that thing away from me. But anyway. But it must have been an awesome moment. And Simeon holds this child. He was holding in his, in his arms the Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9.6. Ephesians 2.14 says Jesus is our peace. We're not going to have peace until we meet him face to face. Eye to eye. Have you met him? Do you know him like that? Do you spend time getting to know him better? He goes on to say, this little prophecy as we wind down, he says, which thou hast prepared, verse 31, in the presence of all people. See, this salvation is for all peoples, not just for the Jewish people. 
a light of revelation to the Gentiles way back in early in the book of Luke the Gentiles come up the glory of thy people Israel salvation in Christ is for all peoples it's for you and me the guy writing this Luke was a Gentile pretty good news for Luke right you'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment Merry Christmas from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team. We're so grateful to all of our partners who partner with Walk in Truth. Now we're excited to tell you, this month we have begun broadcasting in San Diego. So if you're listening from there, welcome. We hope that this teaching is a blessing to you. So now we're on two radio stations in Southern California. One in Northern California in the Bay Area, Arizona, Idaho, Utah, and two in Georgia reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. In addition, we have listeners all over the world, like in South Africa, Nepal, Australia, the United Kingdom, Pakistan, and Israel, thanks to our podcast. The point is, the hope of the gospel is getting around. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that I rarely do this, and I'm not necessarily even comfortable asking for finances, but the reality is that this program has to pay for radio airtime and what we do, and it's a blessing to partner with what you believe with the gospel ministry that hopefully has been a blessing to you. If that's you, would you please consider giving an end-of-the-year tax-deductible donation? Please give a one-time gift on behalf of you, your family, or business. You can help us pay for airtime for the radio station or podcast app you listen to. Visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com. Click Donate. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. There's like a faucet running in little babies. Have you noticed that? They have those drool cloths. Parents think it's normal. We're like, (laughs) get that thing away from me. But anyway, but it must have been an awesome moment. And Simeon holds this child. He was holding in his, in his arms the Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9, 6. Ephesians 2, 14 says Jesus is our peace. We're not going to have peace until we meet him face to face, eye to eye. Have you met him? Do you know him like that? Do you spend time getting to know him better? He goes on to say, this little prophecy as we wind down, he says, which thou hast prepared, verse 31, in the presence of all peoples. See, this salvation is for all peoples, not just for the Jewish people. A light of revelation to the Gentiles, way back early in the book of Luke, the Gentiles come up. The glory of thy people Israel. Salvation in Christ is for all peoples. It's for you and me. The guy writing this, Luke, was a Gentile. Pretty good news for Luke, right? He seems to be the only New Testament writer, to our knowledge, that is not a Jew. And his father and mother were amazed. Can you imagine? They marveled at the things which were being said about him. They had gone through so much, but they were still being constantly amazed by what God had done in their lives. I know if we can continue to be in awe of what God does in our lives, we'll we'll have a pretty good attitude in this life. They were amazed at the things which were being said about him. Joseph, his father, is there. Mary, his mother, they're amazed. And Simeon blessed them. And he said to Mary, his mother, Behold, all of a sudden, 
It's going to go from a moment of joy to a moment of soberness. Behold, this child is appointed for the fall. The Greek word is tosis here. It literally means the crash. For the fall and rise of many in Israel. See the word rise? That's the word anastasis. It's the New Testament word for resurrection. This baby is going to cause many to crash and many to rise. How fitting is that? What you do with Christ will determine whether or not you are crushed or whether you rise in the resurrection. It all depends on whether or not he is your consolation. And he's assigned to be opposed You know, maybe it's calmed down a little bit, but we have heard about all the Christmas controversies of the last five or ten years. People think, I don't know, should we say, can you say Christmas? Yeah, you can say Christmas. It's okay. And he's assigned to be opposed. Jesus has been opposed for 2,000 years. Why do you think people get so upset at the name of Jesus? You can talk about anything with certain people, but the moment the name Jesus comes up, look out, right? I don't want to talk about that. Why do you not want to talk about that? What's the big deal? I don't want to talk about it. Jesus stirs people. People have a sense that they have to do something with him. And a sword, Simeon says to Mary, will pierce even your own soul to the end that the thoughts or thoughts from many hearts will be revealed. The image here of a sword striking Mary is a large sword She would suffer much pain in watching his rejection. Jesus, the New King James Study Bible says, is the litmus test for where people stand before God. He is a judge who will expose the thoughts of all people. I want you to hear that one more time. Jesus and people's reaction to Jesus is the litmus test for where people truly stand with God. 1 John 2.23, for if you don't have the Son, you don't have the Father. You don't. Jesus is the litmus test. If your response to Jesus is curiosity, that's not a bad place to be. But if your response is animosity or hatred, then look out. You see, Simeon said, Mary, a sword is going to hit your heart. And she would stand there when he was crucified and watch him die. And from the cross, he would entrust her life the Apostle John. Now, I I just want to read these last several verses, and I'm not going to really exegete them, but I do want to end on this high note. There was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with a husband seven years after her marriage. I think some scholars believe that she was a widow for some 84 years. Then as a widow to the age of 84, different views on how, what the length is, but she had been widowed. And she never left the temple serving night and day with fastings and prayers. Two, two people, male and female, both committed to the Lord. And at that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God. Continued to speak of him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city of Nazareth. Jesus was Jesus of Nazareth. And the child continued to grow and become strong. Increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Would you bow with me? Father, thank you for Luke's account of the marvelous 
gospel and the early life of Christ. We see Joseph and Mary, two obedient people to God's word. We see Simeon and Anna, many people in the temple. We see many connecting ideas that point us to this one, this this child who would grow to die on the cross and a sword would pierce him. Nails would be pierced into his hands and his feet. He would take the cat of nine tails. Um, He would die a brutal death for us, Lord. And a sword, metaphorically speaking, pierced his mom's soul. She knew from the very beginning of his life, maybe even not knowing fully what it all meant, but she knew that at some point it was going to be hard. And yet she had become the bondservant of the Lord. And Lord, as folks are here tonight, thank you for the Christian life. Thank you for the hope, the consolation that we have in Christ. May you console every soul tonight. May you bless them. May you encourage them as they walk with you, Lord. May you keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, the the one who brings us encouragement and strength. You're the God of encouragement. May you encourage the person who might be feeling a little weak and poured out tonight. With your head and heart bowed, if you've not met Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we'll receive that gift tonight. Just open your heart to him and say, Lord Jesus, I'm gonna walk with you. I'm gonna know you. I repent of my sin. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for your shed blood on the cross. Thank you for your resurrection from the dead. I want to follow you. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Maybe you have been walking in the flesh and not in the spirit and you want to get back. We all we have all been there. We all probably could repent of that tonight. But Lord, I pray that you would just minister blessings. Your living waters would flow over the precious saints that are here tonight, set apart unto God, saved by the finished work of Christ. Let us rejoice and be glad. Let us sing the songs of Christmas, maybe with a deeper appreciation and fervor of all you've done for us and how much you have loved us. Christmas is really about your love for us, and your love is better than life itself. So we just want to say we love you tonight. And I pray that you'll bless the Christmas season for each one here. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. You've been listening to Christmas Consolation Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's Christmas teaching. And if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. We'd also love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from his teaching today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or need encouragement, or prayer. Maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you. You can email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael with the final word. Well, as we've moved through these special Christmas messages right here in Walk in Truth, I pray that you've felt encouraged. You know, I entitled the message Christmas Consolation because that is indeed what Jesus brings. He encourages and consoles us in a crazy, broken world. The Lord is our consolation. And so my encouragement to you 
is that you draw close to him and that as 2024, isn't that amazing? 2024 quickly approaches that you would make it your singular goal to walk with the Lord. Now, speaking of singular goals and narrow ways, we're going to return to the book of Matthew and we're going to be looking at a teaching that Jesus gave in the book of Matthew chapter six, enter by the narrow gate. You know, Jesus said the way to life is narrow. There are many people taking the broad way, not a lot of people taking the narrow way. You know, sometimes that could be a little confusing. We might wonder if that's limiting how many people are coming into the kingdom. I think Jesus is simply saying, if you're going to come into the kingdom, it's not going to be the going with the flow. It's going to be going through the way that is a little bit harder, but in the end it pays off massive dividends, I guess we would say. So I'm so glad you're listening. Hey, tell a friend about what you're hearing right here on Walk in Truth. We're going to be moving verse by verse all the way through the Gospel of Matthew. It is rich with content about the kingdom of God. And we got to learn about this topic. And so I pray that you'll recommend this broadcast to a friend. Keep us in prayer and we'll see you right here tomorrow. And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. you got to check it out. It's available in your app store. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 29, called Enter by the Narrow Gate. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.